this is Rodimus Para, and you are listening to TV Confidential. Fish don't fry in the kitchen. Beans don't burn on the grill. Took a whole lot of trying just to get up that hill. Ed Robert, to welcome you back to TV Confidential Radio Talk Show about television. This is about to take you up to the deluxe apartment in the sky as we welcome our next guest, Mr. Jay. Moriarty J spent about 30 years writing and producing sitcoms for network television, including eight years for the great Norman Lear, seven of which Jay, along with his longtime writing partner Mike Milligan, spent writing and producing The Jeffersons. The Jeffersons, one of the longest running shows in the entire Norman Lear canon. Jay recently released a memoir about his seven years as a staff writer, producer, and later showrunner of The Jeffersons that not only takes you inside the writing room of The Jeffersons and tandem productions in general, but also includes a lot of great tips for those of you listening who are thinking about maybe pursuing a career in television or even writing comedy in general. The name of Jay's book is called Honky in the House. And Jay explains where the term honky comes from. We'll get to that later on. Uh, we'll tell you more about Jay's book in just a second. Jay Moriarty, welcome to TV Confidential. Thank you. I'm, uh, I'm honored to be here right on your show. I have always thought of the Jeffersons as an anomaly among Norman Lear shows. I watched it uh, almost every week when it was first on in the 70s, 70s and, yeah. and early 1980s. I know it ran till about 85, and I, and, and I know that when I went away from school uh, to college around 82, 83, I didn't watch much television in general. So, so, I'm just, so when I think of the Jeffersons, I mostly think of the first six years, which is the years I watched it. And I always thought of it as an unusual Norman Lear show and that it mostly was in the business of making us laugh. But every now and then... It had something to say, didn't it? Yeah, well, I, we, we tried to say something and keep it funny at the same time. I think think you're right about the Jeffersons. It was a little different from the regular Norman Lear shows. Uh, All in the Family, of course, was the first of Norman shows, and then uh, Maud was a spinoff. The Jeffersons was a spinoff. Actually, the birth of the Jeffersons, Norman would tell you uh, the Black Panthers, if you remember uh, politically speaking, the Black Panthers uh, showed up, you know, the first... Uh, well, I was actually uh, remember Good Times. Good Times, Maud was a spinoff of All in the Family. Uh, Good Times was a spinoff of Maud. And uh, then the Evans family was living in a uh, in a project in Chicago, Cabrini Green. And it was a poor family. And John Amos played the father and had to have two or three jobs. And uh, the show had been on for uh, a couple years. And Black Panther showed up at Norman... Lear's office said they wanted to talk to the garbage man, meaning Norman, and <laughs> they said, that, you know, you got this black family on TV, and it's, uh, everybody's poor and barely uh, working, and, uh, and and that's not the typical black family. You know, there's a lot of there's a black families who are working and have money, et cetera, et cetera. And Norman was thinking about spinning off the Jeffersons at the time, you know, Lionel and his father had a cleaning store. And so that made Norman think about, hey, why don't we make this family an upwardly mobile family? So instead of just one cleaning store, gave George seven cleaning stores. 
and they're moving up to the east side, and, and that's the whole thing, you know, the theme song, Move It On Up. So you, you see an upwardly mobile black family, which has never been shown on TV before, you know. It wasn't until 1974 when Good Times came on that you really saw a black family on, on TV. Like I remember, I don't I dedicate my book. Uh, you said the title is the is Honky in the House. When I was in uh, high school, I remember like junior year was an all all boys, all white Jesuit high school. And uh, to the Jesuits' credit, they had a young black man come speak to our class, and and this was in uh, the mid '60s. And he was saying, growing up in the '50s, he never saw anybody on television who looked like him, unless he was watching Tarzan. And, then he, the natives would be chasing Tarzan through the jungle, and he said he'd be saying, uh, "Look out, Tarzan! They're right behind you." When I, when I should have been yelling, "Get that honky!" <laughs> and uh, it really stuck with me all that time. And so when he had opportunity to write, uh, you know, for Norman for a black show, we would actually have people of color uh, on television and starring in the show. That I felt that was a, it was a really a groundbreaking thing to be doing, you know. And growing up in the '60s. I was all about uh, relevant, you know, being relevant comedy and trying to make a difference. And and I felt uh, actually the first show that my partner uh, Mike Milligan and I wrote was uh, first time we sold the TV was the Good Times episode. So we started out writing for a black family, and then uh, in a while, uh, if you read the book, we eventually end up writing the Jeffersons and then producing the Jeffersons. The Jeffersons, the only show that won approval from not only the Black Panthers, but also the Grey Panthers. So it's, it's a show that appealed to Panthers of all creeds and colors. Uh, Jay's book uh, is called Honky in the House, Writing and Producing the Jeffersons, a behind-the-scenes look inside the writing room and the production of the Jeffersons during the seven years that Jay and his uh, writing partner, Mike Milligan, were staff writers, producer, and later showrunners of the Jeffersons. Honky in the House, available right now, Amazon.com, wherever books are sold online. You can follow Jay Moriarty on Facebook. One of the things I like about your book, Jay, is that it illustrates the important role persistence plays in attaining and setting any goal and attaining any goal. And that not, that not only persistence not only applies to you with your wanting to write for Norman Lear Productions to begin with, it specifically applies to an episode of All in the Family that you wrote that took a few tries before it finally saw production. Yeah, that's true. You know, uh, just backing up a little bit, when I first came to to L.A. hoping to write for television comedy, uh, the com the big comedy shows were Laugh-In and Smothers Brothers, which were variety shows, because uh, they were both kind of saying something about the times and with the Vietnam War and racial strike. You know, I remember Smothers Brothers finally got canceled because they got too political. But when I saw in 1971, after I got out of here, uh, all in the Family came on in the summer of 1971, like 13 episodes. I happened to tune in on the TV, and you might remember if you were, you looked too young to be around then, but if you if you were, uh, I saw, you know, Archie Bunker, this guy uh, talking about, uh, uh, you know, using all kinds of words that I don't even know if you can use on the radio today, but uh, you never heard that stuff on TV before, but he was, he, uh, 
fact, I remember uh, when I first saw it, he, Meathead, you know, you, you had uh, Meathead, who was uh, the big division in the country then was under 30 and over 30. So Meathead's his son-in-law, and, and Archie uses the word chink, and Meathead says, uh, you know, Arch, that's a slur. You know, you shouldn't be calling people a chink. And then besides, the guy's not even Chinese. He's Japanese. And, and Archie says, oh, you can tell the difference between a Japanese and a Chinese guy? And he says, he says, sure. He said, if he was standing right here, you could tell the difference. And, and Archie says, yeah, you'd say, well, which one is the chink and which one's the Jap? And it, and it just a satire on television. When I saw that, I thought, you know, forget Smothers Brothers and laughing. This is what I want to write. It was biting and it was speaking to what's going on. We've done, a, we've done many programs about Norman Lear shows and All in the Family. And we always focus on the importance of understanding context. And I know that some of the digital channels will blur out, or in some cases bleep out, some of the words that Archie said when the show originally aired in the early 1970s. And um, you can argue whether that's politically correct or not, but it seems to me you're taking away, the, you're, you're robbing the, the audience's ability to understand the context of which you know, that script and those words in the dialogues were portrayed at the time, and that, that does injustice to the show. You make a good point. You know, uh, recently live in front of a studio audience, if you're familiar with that, Norman Lear and Jimmy, Jimmy and Kimmel. And Jimmy Kimmel, yeah. They've taken scripts. Uh, the first time they did it two years ago, they had an All in the Family episode and a Jefferson's episode. And they make a point at the beginning to say, we're using the script exactly word for word. Don't make any changes. And they, they put on the show. Now, on the Jeffersons episode, there was a couple times when the N-word is used, but they bleeped it out. Um, I think the decision was, from what I heard, the younger people involved in the productions were saying, well, you can't say that. Said, well, this is what we said back in 1976 when that show was done. Yeah. But uh, the compromise was, okay, we'll say it, but we'll bleep it out. So... Uh, that's what happened anyway. Uh, on network TV today, there's certain things that all in the family didn't say. It's funny because the second time they did it, they did an episode that Mike and I wrote called The Draft Dodgers for All in the Family. And uh, in that version in 1976, when it was originally aired, Archie had lived at the taping. Archie Carroll had lived uh, the word goddamn. He said, I'm not talking about that goddamn war. And CBS said, well, you can't say goddamn. They wanted to take it out. Carol O'Connor, he wanted to keep it. Norma wanted to keep it. Carol actually flew to meet with William Paley, head of the network, and CBS trying to argue to keep goddamn in. But uh network said, no way. Supposedly, uh, using God like that, they get more letters about, about God than anything else. So they were not going to put Goddamn. So if you read in the book, you read how we actually flew in the word rotten. So when you watch it on TV now, you, you watch, you can see his mouth form, goddamn, but he, he actually says rotten damn, you know, on, on television. Honky in the House is the name of Jay Moriarty's memoir of his uh, seven years behind the scenes, writing and producing The Jeffersons. Uh, also gives you insight into the writing room, not only of The Jeffersons, but the writing room of all Norman Lear shows in general. Plus, it gives you uh, inside windows to why Norman Lear is one of the smartest, shrewdest, and most courageous producers.
TV will ever know. Honky in the House, available right now at Amazon.com, wherever fine books are sold online. You can follow Jay Moriarty at Facebook. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Going back to the draft dodger, this goes back to our question about persistence. The draft dodger was one of the very first things you, either you wrote or Mike wrote. You'll correct me if I got the chronology wrong, but I know it's one of the first things you wrote. And it was the show you, you wrote to hopefully write for All in the Family. And it took a few tries and a couple of years before that show was finally produced, but it did. So it, it shows that persistence can pay off if you're willing to stick to it. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's a message, really, that, uh, you know, persistence is the only thing that always pays off. So definitely, the, the All in the Family thing, uh, the first time when I, I mentioned to you when I saw it on TV, the first time I actually went to a sitcom taping, when my parents came out, I took them to see All in the Family, and uh, Norman Lear did the warm-up, and I just thought this was the greatest thing ever, and this is what I want to do. I want to write for this show. And so I went home and wrote... Uh, a treatment of uh, the Draft Dodger episode. I called it the Draft Dodger and basically wrote it out. I took it to uh, an agent I knew. They, she sent it to, uh, to all in the family, and about a month later, she said uh, they passed. So it looked like that wasn't going to happen. And it wasn't until two years later when Mike and I actually were working on the Jeffersons that uh, with the Jeffersons ended that season in 1976, I knew they'd be looking for new stories, and I had I knew Norman. Now I've met with Norman, and I knew that people didn't read treatments, so I figured that nobody ever read, read that treatment anyway. You, you don't just don't read treatments when you're on a show. So uh, I went up to schedule an appointment uh, with Norman to pitch him a show, and I pitched him all in a family because I knew this was in uh, you know like in March when you're looking for. And uh, he just loved the draft dodger thing. In fact, on the way out of the office, he said to his secretary, he said, J.D., uh, Jay just gave us a reason for doing next season. So I was just thrilled. I mean, that was like, and then so Mike and I got to write the Christmas episode. We actually were writing the Christmas episode of the Jefferson's that year and of All in the Family, which was uh, the draft dodger. The interesting thing about that show, you know, we read all about it in the book, but I also uh, print two letters the, the letters we got were 50-50. I mean, I would have thought that people would kind of identify with with Mike saying we should be out of the war, but 50 people said, you know, tell it like it is, Mike, and Meathead, and, and the other were uh, right on, Archie, you know. <laughs> so really, the country was really divided at that time about a big issue. In fact, that was a good time to do it because uh, Jimmy Carter had talked about amnesty for draft dodgers in 76, and that was a big issue, like whether you give amnesty to guys who went to uh, Canada instead of fighting the draft or not. And yeah. if you remember in the episode, there's uh, when our you know Meathead's friend comes back from Canada, visits mom at Christmas, he shows up at Archie's house, but Archie's friend who has a son die in Vietnam is also there for dinner. So it's real, uh, 
real complex and, and I understand that the addition of Archie's friend Pinky, the character played by the great actor Eugene Roach in that episode, I understand uh, the idea of including Pinky in the Draft Dodger episode. That came from Norman Lear. Yeah, right. That was uh, Norman's uh, big contribution to that. And I write in the book, you know, when we went, when Mike and I met with Norman, uh, to kind of really break the story, which was, uh, anyway, Norman came up with uh, the Gold Star Father, friend of Pinky's, has a son there. And I'm thinking, boy, that's a little coincidental, isn't it? To have all this, you know, media. And then I realized, well, Jesus, why didn't we think of that? <laughs> Well, no, comedy like drama is based on some sort of conflict. And so I'm guessing, not that I can speak for the great Norman Lear, but I'm guessing Norman was thinking, okay, let's add another element of conflict by having a gold star father in the room when Mike's friend, the draft dodger, comes to visit and see what kind of sparks may fly from that in addition to what we know is going to come from Archie. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly right. I mean, Norman, since I first saw him in the family, has always been my idol, and it's always been my intention to try to write about something meaningful, meaningful stories, you know. And uh, and Mike and I, you mentioned earlier about the Jeffersons being a little different, comedy-oriented. It's funny because the guys uh, who created the show, uh, Don Nickel and Mickey Ross and Bernie West, spent spent uh, their early years writing for Norman and winning all these Emmys, you know, for All in the Family. And then when they got to do their own show, basically, the Jeffersons, I think they were leaning more toward comedy and farce and stuff. Eventually, they're the same guys, Don, Mickey, and Bernie, who went on to create and produce Tree's Company, which was a total farce. So I think they had done so many serious episodes that we had to drag them back into <laughs> Norman their shows a lot. And... Uh, and that's what we really did. If you if you remember the suicide episode, that early on Mike and I had read the suicide uh, episode of the, the Jeffersons. Jeffersons. Yeah, and we read we had read uh, in Ebony magazine. I read an article about the highest suicide rate in the country was among young black women, and this was uh, early in our first year on the Jeffersons when Don McAverdy had said, "Think up an original." So we pitched him the story about Florence. Uh, considering suicide and Don Mickey and Bernie wanted nothing to do with that. It was, it was like like we hit a wall, think of something else, forget that. So we worked up a couple of other stories. We pitched we pitched them, and they, they liked a couple of the stories we pitched, Don Mickey and Bernie. So they said, go pitch it to Norman. So Mike and I went up to pitch Norman, two of these other shows. Norman was like so-so about him, and he said, you got anything else? And we really didn't. So I mentioned the suicide story. Norman loved that, you know. Lawrence, we worked up a suicide idea, and we had to go back and tell our bosses, Don Mickey and Bernie, but that Norman likes a suicide. Boy, they, just, <laughs> like, they, they just looked at us like, you guys are deaf. And then he said, uh, Don Nickel, who was from, from the UK, just you know, said three words, go write it. It was like a dare, you know, and then they didn't talk to us for two weeks. So, we're <laughs> so we kind of had to drag Norman Lear's philosophy into the Jefferson, but I, I think Eventually, Don, Mickey, and Bernie saw our mix as a good mix because they wanted to do that. It had to be funny. And at the same time, we tried to do shows like that or like the transsexual show. You know, Jefferson was the first show sitcom ever to deal with uh, transgender identity. That episode was called Once a Friend. We'll not only talk about the Once a Friend episode of the Jeffersons, but Jay will tell us a couple of lines that were a little too 
controversial for CBS to approve when that episode originally aired in 1977. Jay Moriarty is with us via Zoom. Jay Moriarty, longtime writer, producer of The Jeffersons and author of Honky in the House. We'll talk some more with Jay when we come back on TV Confidential. Buying or selling a home can be one of the most stressful things we'll ever do in life, but it doesn't have to be. And no one knows better than our friends at Front Porch Realty Group. Their community of realtors serving the Northern Bay Area of California that cares about their clients as individuals first and foremost. Whether you're a first-time buyer or looking to lease or sell your property in the Bay Area, Front Porch Realty Group will help you through this important transition by providing you with the right information for your situation while lessening the pain. They also work with a network of realtors throughout California who provide the same high caliber of customer service. Call Front Porch Realty Group at 415-886-7411 for a realtor referral near you. You can also visit their website, frontporchrealtygroup.com, for more information on the services they provide, including upcoming workshops and seminars. For more information, call 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com. Front Porch Realty Group. They'll find the solution that works best for you. One more item. Our friend Jeffrey Mark has a brand new podcast called Hitting the Mark with Jeffrey Mark, in which Jeff shares memories and one-of-a-kind stories about his friendship with Steve Allen, Ethel Merman, Milton Berle, Don Wells, and other showbiz legends. Hitting the Mark with Jeffrey Mark, available now on Megaphone and wherever else you find podcasts. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.